Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Today we're talking about Disney Princess Enchanted Tales Follow Your Dreams from 2007. That's a very long title. It's a mouthful. It's definitely, it's a lot of things. For a movie with such a long title, it's super short. It's only 53 minutes. Felt longer. 56 minutes. I'm sorry. I cut out three minutes. But anyway, I'm Candace, And with me today is Krista. Hey, Krista. Hey. So I am so sorry. The other Straight at Home video you were on was the Rapunzel before ever after. And that was beautiful and wonderful and great. Then I pull you into this nonsense. Lee, there was a moment in one of these episodes that made me think of Tangled. But yeah, hey. I wouldn't say that this lives up to my last podcast I did for straight out of video so this was supposed to be a series you can tell right because i mean it's called follow your dreams so it was going to be about various disney princesses they probably were going to make more merch from this to sell to little kids this one is about princess aurora this is the first time she's been in a movie since the original sleeping beauty and it's also other half is about jasmine which she has been in a lot Originally, the first film in the series was going to be titled A Kingdom of Kindness and was to feature a different Aurora story, as well as Belle from Beauty and the Beast instead of Jasmine. So most likely the reason the series did not continue was because John Lasseter was made chief creative officer for Disney when Disney bought Pixar. And he stopped all Disney Studio sequels, so we never got that Dumbo 2, Krista. Or Pinocchio 2. There yeah, were several sequels that he put the kibosh on. And once we reviewed the episodes, I do want to read a review that somebody wrote about this because it is hilarious. But yeah, it's funny because at the very beginning of the episode, you're taken through this castle and it shows pictures of all the different princesses and makes you think like, oh yeah, this is going to be a series where we're going to see all these stories of all these princesses. So then it's weird to be like, oh wait, this is the only one. It's definitely setting it up to be like a series of videos. I found out there was these other DVDs that came out that were like princess things, but they were pretty much repurposed Aladdin TV episodes and Little Mermaid TV episodes. And then they would have like a storybook version of certain stories where they would just like a narrator would read aloud and it would be like new adventures with Cinderella. And it's like, this is not new. <laughs> so Disney just repackaging and purposing stuff. But yeah. Let's talk about the first one, which is Keys to the Kingdom. I kept thinking of Tangled episode Queen for a day. If you don't know, Kristen and I host the Geeky Waffle podcast, What the Hair, which is a Tangled podcast. We go through everything Tangled. And just like Rapunzel, Aurora, for a few days, is in charge of, I don't know, I think they tell you what the kingdom's called, but the Sleeping Beauty Kingdom. Yeah, her father and also Prince Philip's father are going to a royal conference. They literally use the word conference. Yeah. So she's in charge for the day of her day or two for her kingdom. And it is funny because as I started watching this, I realized, oh, even in this, what, half hour episode, she's going to get more lines than she did in the original movie. Yeah, Krista, you were just rewatching it and you were shocked about how little Aurora speaks in the original. She gets 18 minutes of screen time Philip gets 18 minutes of screen time. There's that whole chunk in the middle where she's asleep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's the only thing I can say that maybe this episode has going for it over the original movie is that she actually gets to talk. Like, speaking of talking, I didn't really like her voice. It didn't sound like, it sounded so far from a war to me. It sounded more aerial. At first, 
I hadn't watched the original movie for years, even though I knew I'm like, I don't think that sounds right. I didn't have, I wasn't as familiar with the first movie, so I couldn't really like pinpoint the difference, but I knew that's not how she sounded. Yeah. Speaking of the original voice, Mary Costa, the original Aurora, she is on record. She was not fond of this new film. Can you believe it? was like, there's princess drama. She's right. Yeah. Gotta give her that credit. So the whole premise is that Meriwether leaves behind her wand as like for emergencies, right? And Aurora uses it and it's pretty much don't take the easy way out, right? Is that the lesson? They keep mentioning the word perseverance, which comes up in both episodes, but is mentioned the most in this one. And I'm like, what a great word to teach six-year-olds who will probably <laughs> not be able to pronounce perseverance. That's a good point. It's their word of the year. I do want to talk about the songs. So both of these episodes have original songs. Uh, the first song in Aurora's episode is called Keys to the Kingdom, which is the title of the episode. And this, the song was fine. I guess it was fine. I didn't like it. But the part that bothered me the most is her father had given her the royal scepter. Yeah. Every time she says keys to the kingdom, she like looks at the scepter and one time like holds up. The, she's like, and I have the keys to the kingdom and holds up the scepter. And I'm like, does this girl not know what keys look like? They're letting her run the kingdom and she doesn't know what a key looks like. She said, she's saying, she says, all these momentous decisions, are they up to me? Of course, I'm royalty. And I'm just like, eat the rich. The one thing I did like about the song is about the episode is that there's never... There's never any doubt that she can do it. Her people are never like, oh, she's a woman. She's a princess. She can't handle it. It's, that's pretty supportive, especially considering like she's been living out in the woods her entire life. But I did appreciate that wasn't the drama of the episode. Like it wasn't like people doubting her because she was a woman. So I did appreciate that. Yeah. Rapunzel had it harder. Yeah. Rapunzel had to deal with the deadly snowstorm when she was in charge. <laughs> but it was also a better episode. So yeah. Yeah. People want like the better version of this episode. Go watch Tangled the series towards the end of the first season. There's this plot, but better. Yeah. And I texted Krista. I was like, Prince Phillips's horse looks like Max, but with like a dark hair wig. Oh, and he is not about them kissing. Philip is about to leave and is about to say Rapunzel. So Aurora <laughs> goes in for a kiss and the horse just puts his face right in the middle of them. And they both them kissing his cheek. And he's just not about them kissing. So I don't know if he's just like jealous and wants all the kisses or if he's like, no, you got to wait till marriage. I don't know what that horse is about. I figured they were married already. I don't think so. Otherwise, the two kingdoms would have merged. I have no idea, honestly. It's clear her father-in-law is there. King Hubert. King Hubert is always there. That's the thing that was weird. And I realized when <laughs> I then went back and watched the original movie, he was always there at their castle, too. He's never his own castle. So I'm wondering like, okay, King Stepan and his wife leave Aurora's kingdom for like two days or less. And so they have to have her in charge. But meanwhile, King Hubert and Philip have left this entire time. Philip goes to the conference with them as we see later. So who is ruling King Hubert's kingdom in his stead? I figured they merged them by now. That's possibly, that would make more sense. But also King Hubert's kingdom probably gets along better when he's not there because yeah. one of the running gags of this episode is that he lost his sword. He lost his speech. He lost his crown. He's not that great at stuff. He probably lost the keys to the kingdom, Krista. Or was it really just the scepter all the time? Like, do this nobody know what keys are? I think this was good that it was first because it made the next one seem even better. 
in my opinion. So the Jasmine story is more than a peacock princess. The title is terrible, though. Yeah, I don't really know. So this is Jasmine, and she's played by Linda Larkin, who originally voiced it, who originally voiced Jasmine. And it's all about Jasmine trying to find her. She's trying to figure out what she can do in her kingdom in Agrabah. And she's first assigned to the classroom. Children are crazy. I thought it was weird because with Aurora, we haven't really seen anything apart from that original movie. But with Jazzard, the two sequels, there's the TV show. So she's gotten to do a lot of other things and prove her worth. So this kind of felt a little weird. She's like, I don't get to do anything. But we like have a full TV series where she does a lot. I did appreciate that it's been like, hey, I can do more. And her wanting to do things that matter. Like she wanted to have programs that the hospital or programs at different places like that. So I like those ideas. But it did feel like, hasn't the Sultan already given her things to do? It just felt odd. Yeah, so she's like, I'm tired of like shop openings and selling camels or I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, camel shows, presenting. And it's weird because she has a very busy schedule of all these really unimportant things. But I love that A, she had carpet to A, get her from point A to B, which seems really handy. And Carpet also seemed to be like her personal assistant because he was yeah. like writing down her schedule. And I'm like, hey, you can't complain about that part. No. And Abu and Iago are just hanging out with her. There's no genie or Aladdin in this story movie, which I thought yeah. was very weird. Well, genie and Aladdin were gone, I think, just so that it could be more about Jasmine, which was fine. Yeah. But it was too weird that Abu was there if Aladdin wasn't. Because you think you'd be off with him. I did really love Iago and Abu and Carpet. I think that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed this episode more. I think this episode was slightly better written as well. But there were more side characters from the movies that I loved. And so even if the rest of the story wasn't fantastic, anytime Iago went off on a rant, I was just so happy. Yeah, we'll have to talk about some of Iago's lines and lights. But I was wondering, at first I was wondering, like, am I enjoying this part more? Because I grew up with Aladdin. We were around the age when we were kids when Aladdin came out. So, again, obsessed. But also, it's just because the characters are so much more fleshed out than the Sleeping Beauty character. So, you have these, you know, Iago's going to lose his temper. Boo likes to steal things and likes to eat. All these silly little things. There is a stable boy named Hakeem. And when we saw him, he looked mighty familiar, didn't he? Oh, yes. Right away. I'm like, oh, he must have been like one of the street urchins in the original Aladdin or something. Like, I've definitely seen this kid before. But no, that was not why he looked so familiar. He looked so familiar because he's an exact replica of Aladdin. He's got the little hat, his hair, his little nose. Yeah, everything. And that got me thinking, are we like breaking something scandalous? Is this Aladdin's like secret love child that he had while he was in the streets? We don't know. But the one proof we do have is that the reason this kid looks so familiar, not just because like he looks like the grown Aladdin, is that he looks almost exactly like baby Aladdin. So from the sequel Aladdin and the King of Thieves, there's a song that Jasmine and Aladdin sing together talking about his father not being there and him being out on his own as a kid. And there's a flashback in the song out of thin air to baby 
Aladdin, who looks exactly like this kid. People are thinking, they're like, it's just animation. But no, the, this was done with purpose, I feel. Like, he looks exactly like him. And in the movie, he doesn't say anything about his father or even his mother. He just says brothers and sisters. Oh, Aladdin has multiple illegitimate children. So in the original movie, what's that? One Step. One Step, right? That's a song. One Step. Mm-hmm. And he like falls into the harem. And the ladies there really like him. Know him. Yeah, they know him. And the madam or the woman who runs it is like, oh, Aladdin. You can tell that she knows him and is not happy to see him. And so she's like kicking him out. Meanwhile, like the women, like you can tell they know him. So maybe that's where all the siblings came from. We're getting a little off topic. But yeah, Aladdin also isn't in this movie. Maybe he's trying to keep his distance from this kid because he doesn't want like to be in the same place as him. Because if you look at them together, it's like right there. So how did this kid get a job as a stable boy? Maybe Aladdin was like feeling bad and he's like, let me get this kid a job. The proof is just like looking at them, right? Yeah, it's pretty, a lot of similarities there. That would have been a really interesting episode. This part is like Jasmine trying to find her place and just like never giving up. Oh, what if it was about her finding out? That her boyfriend has a child somewhere. It sounds like she and Hakeem get along pretty well. So it might go, it might be okay at some point. Maybe the reason they get along so well together is because he reminds her of her BF. Yes, it's just one of those things we'll never know. So somebody on Hakeem's Disney Wikipedia page said... When I first saw a pic of Jasmine talking to him, I was like, WTF, did someone cast a spell in Aladdin turning him into a kid? And it said if Aladdin and Jasmine had a son, he would look exactly like that. Yeah, I can honestly like see an episode of like the Aladdin TV series where like Genie accidentally does some magic wrong and Aladdin reverts back to his childhood age and looks exactly like this kid. Maybe that's where Aladdin was. Maybe that's the missing storyline is that Aladdin wasn't actually gone. He was this kid. Anyway, or or it's just a secret love child. I already spilled the beans about Obi-Wan Kenobi having a secret love child. Now it's Aladdin's turn, it seems. What a street rat. That just makes it worse. That just makes it worse because he didn't do any of his genie wishes to help his kid have a better life. Overall, I think despite some very questionable behavior on Aladdin's part, possibly, I think the second episode with Jasmine was better than Aurora's episode. Um, I think the biggest highlight in Aurora's episode is where she turned a room full of baby chicks into giant chickens that uh, barely, like, fit in the room. And that was the highlight of that episode. I think Jasmine's story is a winner overall. So there's a horse named Sahara that's the Hakeem is in charge of. And it used to belong to Jasmine's mother. And the horse is untamable. And then the horse gets out and they don't want the sultan to know because the sultan loves that horse. He fe- feeds it an apple every day. Yeah, because it was his wife's horse and he likes spending time with it because it reminds him of her. And I thought that was really sweet because like we had never really heard about Jasmine's mom before in the movies. And even though they still don't give her a name nope. <laughs> necessarily, I did like that they actually mentioned it because I feel like in movies where one of the parents is dead, like they never get mentioned ever. Yeah. Or they get mentioned once and just like a very throwaway line. Yeah, Jasmine's still like 14 or 15 right now. Anyway, so the gate of the door for Sahara's stable is left open 
and they can't figure out who did it. And Iago and Jasmine like grill Abu. And that Iago's- was my favorite yeah in this episode because Iago's interrogation of Abu was like he was like the prosecutor. He was trying to be the judge and the jury. Like he was doing all of it. Like I could have watched that for at least five more minutes. It was hilarious. And like, just rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. You were a genius. This was his last performance as Iago. No, no, I'm sad. I'm sorry. He also said like, it's time for bad cop, good cop. And he was definitely going to be both. Yes. It's so funny. But yeah, overall, this one was so much better than Aurora. Sorry, Aurora. Oh, I did want to talk about the animation of the two episodes real quick. I went into these episodes with very low expectations. They were maybe mildly more entertaining than I thought they would be, but still not amazing. The animation was better than I expected, though. Like, I expected, like, Return of Jafar animation. So it was better. The only thing that was really distracting was that everything seemed normal except for carpet. In the second episode, carpet was very, like, computerized in comparison to all the other like art and that really like took me out of it it must be the pattern the pattern is complicated i know they did that with the original movie but i'm not sure what they did with the tv show i don't think they did that with the tv show i think they simplified his design a lot yeah i don't remember anything weird because like it was weird enough that it stood out and i honestly would have been more fine with the art being like a little like less good so that there wasn't that like difference yeah so it blends and together. Oh, just like a little thing. When they find Sahara, he's in an oasis. And the oasis looks like where Aladdin and Genie were like planning for him to be a prince. Yes, it does. I like that callback. Yeah. We're again saving on animation. <laughs> just reuse that animation. Before we finish, I do want to read a review that cracked me up about. Okay. Yes. Let's get to critics because there is not a critic score for this because only one critic only one Rotten Tomato critic actually reviewed it. So yeah, this is the guy, Krista, please. Oh, I don't know if this is the one from Rotten Tomatoes, but Ginny in Ecstasy. Yep, that's the one. Described it as, and this is a full quote that I'm about to read. The first in an aborted attempt to create a new series of cheap, even by the standards of cheapquels, cheapquels videos, and concluded, I cannot entirely hate this dreadful little cast off. It's too short. It's too ebulently random and it might very well be the reason that the disney sequels were finally strangled to death yes i also have one from him too tim brayton and says teaches all our little girl children largely useless moral lessons about how gosh darn hard it is to go princessing all the time so gosh darn darn hard it's hard to princess sim magazine gave the film two out of five stars they said, it's unfortunate that the two stories have such varying quality. If it had been a little bit more balanced, then it could have been a great movie. Now it remains weak due to the Sleeping Beauty segment being entirely mediocre and barely worthy of Disney. Mary Costa wrote that too. <laughs> Probably. So there was enough audience score to rate this. So can you guess what the audience score was out of 250 ratings? Like what percentage? 12%? It got 52%. What? Yeah. Audience and gave it 52%? It was like, I guess they do like the five stars and base it on that. I'm shocked. I'm very shocked. So very few people actually gave it a text explanation to their rating. But here are two. Rebecca said, I remember this movie when I was little. 
I also remember promptly going into the basement. Two stars. So I'm guessing like the basement's where they just stored stuff and they're like, mm -hmm. go away, DVD. Jackson S. said, Sleeping Beauty's first sequel. No wonder it never had one till now. <laughs> one star. Which again, Sleeping Beauty, the movie, the original movie, is beautiful. It's great. It has one of my favorite songs, Once Upon a Dream. Maleficent, wonderful villain. But other than that, it doesn't have the strongest princess or even story. Yeah, I rewatching Sleeping Beauty after watching this episode. Just they're so different. The animation is so different. Aurora seems very different. Like she doesn't seem like the same character. There's just so many differences. Like it doesn't feel like it's really related at all except for the familiar characters meanwhile because i think aladdin had so much room to grow with like the three different movies and the tv show like even though jasmine's episode wasn't as good as a lot of those things it still felt like it at least fit within that world yeah that world is so much more fleshed out there's so many more characters there's so many different locations we barely saw anything in sleeping beauty except like the forest and the castle and yeah i think just also jasmine is a much more well-rounded character than Princess Aurora. I literally could not tell you, like, personality qualities of Aurora other than the basic Disney princess. Like, she's sweet and cheerful and pretty. I couldn't tell you anything about it. But Jasmine, I could tell you that she's headstrong. She's brave. She can have a short temper sometimes. Things like that. Yeah, and if these episodes had been handled better and the series had continued, I feel like you would have maybe had a chance to explore, like, who is Aurora? Because we don't really get to know her that well in her original movie. But obviously these were not done that well and the series did not continue. So they kind of lost a chance to do that. Probably because it was more of a cash grab for princess merchandise and not like an actual exploration of a character. Yeah, and this DVD did not sell well. Chris and I actually got them from eBay for like $4 with shipping. <laughs> Like, nobody wants this. This is not streaming on Disney+, Plus, which is very telling to me. Like, the fact <laughs> that they did not put this on Disney+, Plus when so much other stuff is up there. I wonder why it's not on Disney+. Plus. It would look weird. They'd have to, like, repackage it because otherwise it looks like it's setting up a TV series of these ongoing adventures and that people would be really confused. So I feel like they have to literally get rid of Rename that opening it. segment where it's like, oh, look at all these stories of different princesses. They'd have to, like, completely edit that out. That's true. So would you suggest this for adults? For nobody. For nobody. Not even for children? There's some moments that would be fine. I'm about to have a kid. I'm not going to burn this DVD. If they want to watch it, they can. But I'm going to point them more towards things at Disney+. Plus. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I wanted to do that with you. I'm like, hey, it's a kid's DVD. You got it in case like the internet's out ever, Krista. That's like the only time. Or your kid becomes obsessed with Sleeping Beauty or Jasmine and just wants. If every other DVD in my house suddenly breaks, we at least have this one to watch. Uh, yeah, it's hard. But like, I think like for like four to six year olds, I think at that level. And if they're obsessed with princesses, yes. Which and I probably like would have liked this when I was four or six. It was around the same quality as the Latin TV series, I think. I haven't seen Aladdin series in years. I really hope and think Aladdin series was probably just a little, most episodes were a little better than Jasmine's episode here, but I'll have to give it a rewatch and see. Yeah. Put the Aladdin series on Disney Plus. 
Please. Yeah, Krista, thanks for watching this 56-minute movie. It's, it can't even be called a feature film. It's too short for even that. Okay. We hope you all have a happily ever after until your sequel series gets canceled.